Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hi, I'm Rebecca, and today I am here with Stephanie Nauman, who co-authored the book, How Languages Saved Me, A Polish Story of Survival. It's her grandfather's memoir that he was unable to finish when he passed away at age 93. I think. Yes. And um, Stephanie, your grandfather sounds like an amazingly resilient and resourceful man. I would have loved to have met him in his lifetime, but I want to thank you so much for sharing his story with me and for, with the rest of the world in this book. I couldn't put it down when I started it. It was so good. Thank you so much thank for you. writing it. Um, so can you tell me how you came to decide that you would share his story? Yes, so thank you for having me, first of all. So uh, a couple years after his passing, I was actually cleaning out the garage and I found all of these audio recordings and videotapes and his personal journals, diaries, letters, all kinds of things that made me realize that I have enough here to be able to fulfill his dream of publishing his story. He started writing it, but wasn't finished by the time he passed. So once I found all of these documents and videotapes of him being interviewed about his life, I realized I'd had enough to finish the book. Oh, wow. So he had actually been working on writing the book um, during he his started. lifetime. Right. Oh. In the 1990s, he started and it was a slow process because uh, he was very detail oriented, but he, uh, he hadn't quite finished it at the time of his passing. Now, I noticed on your website, there were some videos of him basically talking to the camera, like interview style. Were those also some um, in his archives or where, yes. how did those come about? Exactly. I was thrilled to find those. I had forgotten about those. Uh, my mother had hired a videographer to interview him about his life because my whole life I heard that this is an amazing story. This needs to be published. The world needs to hear about this story. Uh, so she actually hired someone to interview him at one time. And so those were the, the tapes that I saw first. And so uh, when I put that in, yeah, it was just amazing uh, putting it in the recorder and seeing his face again, hearing his voice again. Um, it was wonderful. But he was also interviewed about his life um, once in the 80s um, by my mother and again in the 90s. And then this latest one was in the 2000s. So three different times he was interviewed about his life, at least. Oh, what a treasure to have those. His life story is absolutely fascinating. It's amazing that he survived. Um, just his resourcefulness, I'm sure, is part of what kept him alive. Was he like that for his entire life? He was. He was very resourceful. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed hearing about the, um, the adventure of his younger years because uh, he also got you know, a bit more, uh, a bit more quiet in his older years. So getting to see the younger side of him was really special. Yeah. And now I know that he spoke nine languages. Can you list them for us? <laughs> okay. I usually forget one. English, Polish, German, Russian, Czech, Swedish. He counted Latin, even though that's a, um, not a spoken language. Um, Finnish, it's eight. French, nine. Wow. That is incredible. His mind. No wonder he lived to the ripe age of 93. I mean, all that studying of languages kept his brain fresh, right? 
Yes, he, he never stopped learning. He was uh, a big learner his entire life. He never wanted to stop learning about history, culture, other countries. Uh, that's one thing I took from him. Uh huh. Yeah. I know from reading the book, um, he really struggled to be able to get an education because he was orphaned at a very young age. Um, was it originally his intention to study linguistics or did that just kind of fall into place? Right. I'm not sure at what point he decided that, um, but from a very young age, as you mentioned, he was, um, when his parents passed away, he was tutoring other kids in languages, specifically kids that he said hadn't applied themselves in school. And so the parents would pay my grandfather and his brother actually to help tutor them in other languages. And when he was accepted to college, he wanted to be a teacher of languages. And so he was studying languages that first year in college before the university was bombed. Right. And so then he survived the war, which was a miracle in itself. Um, and the, the story, I don't want to give too much of it away, but just the way that he was able to survive, it was amazing to read everything. Like his intuition must've been spot on all the time. That was, that was just such a fascinating story. Um, and then he met your grandmother. Yes. Um, and then the story of how he was able to get her out of Poland um, was just, I, I get cold chills thinking about it. But so your grandmother, did she, I'm assuming that she eventually learned to speak English. Um, yes. Did she speak any other languages or just the two languages? She did not. No, just, just the two languages. Yes. When they immigrated to New York, uh, she needed to learn the language, obviously, to get a job. And so uh, that was when she worked on her languages. But my grandfather, uh, you know, little by little throughout his life, he acquired those nine languages. English was actually his ninth language, and he earned his PhD in his ninth language, which was English. It's so crazy. Yes. I know I read a little bit um, as I was reading the book and then I read another article that you um, shared about him learning to speak English. And you say that was his ninth language, which insane, insane that he could keep nine languages inside of his brain. I struggle to learn two or three. But um, so he ordered an English course from the Linguaphone company and bought a gramophone to listen to the records that he received. And then like when he first started listening to the records, I, I know you said that they were garbled and hard to understand. So he thought that he had received an advanced of an advanced course in English, right. sent them back. The company was like, no, you have to listen to them over and over again, which he did keeping tally marks each time he listened. Yes. Unbelievable that yes. he was able to go through all of that and work to save money um, totally. for his family. That was just yeah. amazing. Amazing. And so I read that you're also learning, I'm guessing to speak Polish. I am. I learned it as, I knew it as a kid. I, it was, may have been, yeah, I learned it alongside English, one of my first languages. And uh, I think I lost it probably when I was a teenager, as teenagers are, you know, I would, when my grandparents would speak to me in Polish, their native language, I started responding in English instead of Polish, like I used to. So I really lost a lot of it and it's hard to get back, but I'm working on it. But now your grandfather and your grandmother um, did not speak English to your mom until she didn't learn English until she started kindergarten, right? Exactly. She showed up for kindergarten and, and the teacher thought something was wrong with her <laughs> because she didn't talk to anybody. And explain why your grandfather chose to do it that way. 
Right. So um, based on the research and his own research, he believed that languages develop independently in the brain and that if they commingle at a young age, it'll be difficult to master either one of them. So he wanted the English reserved only for English speakers. And then at home, uh, my mother spoke only Polish to her parents, the native Polish speakers. Wow. I, I never knew that. Yeah. And so I'm sure her English was perfect. Yes, yes. 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 Um, I thought that was fascinating that he wanted her to learn to speak English from native English speakers so that she didn't pick up their um, accent. Right. Their Polish. Yes, I had not even realized that until uh, until I heard that in his interview. I didn't even know that. Wow. That's amazing. I know a lot of people who speak English as a second language and usually their children learn both languages, you know, from the beginning. And it had never occurred to me that it might be, you know, a better way to learn from an English. But yeah, so that was a fascinating thing to read that he had decided to do that and it worked out really well for him. And so tell me a little bit about his career in linguistics. I know once he earned his PhD or maybe even before he began working. Yes. Uh, so first when they immigrated to New York, um, he was um, doing a lot of odd jobs that he was probably overqualified for, but a lot of, you know, brand new immigrants are relegated to some of the lower jobs and like Baker, for instance. But he applied for a job at the Army Language School in Monterey, California, and it was a job of teaching um, Polish to American servicemen. And so he ended up doing that for 35 years, became the chair of the Polish department. And during the, the Cold War, especially, um, Polish was uh, Polish and Russian were very important languages to learn. And so um, I like to think that um, he had a pretty big role in, in spreading democracy to Poland by teaching these American servicemen Polish. They, in turn, were able to use that knowledge of Polish to help um, spread democracy. Right. And because maybe if he had been able to stay in Poland, he would have been into politics. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That didn't work out so well for him. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, I was just amazed. I think a lot of people, if they had landed in that situation, may have not survived as did many of his friends and people yes. that he knew at that time. So that was just absolutely amazing. My family, we all love to study countries and cultures and other languages and everything. So I found the book very fascinating. And my 11 and 13 year olds wanted to read the book. And then my husband wanted to read the book. So oh. it, was, it was really nice to read and just see his story of survival. And I'm, I'm sure he was just an amazing person. He was. I, I feel so grateful to have been his granddaughter. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Uh, so lucky. And, and so he he had the one daughter and then she had you, her only yes. daughter. So you have no siblings? I actually have. Um, my parents were divorced. And so I do have siblings on my dad's side. So oh. um, my mother, we lost my mother two years ago. So um, fortunately, I do have some other family. My, my brother and sister are from my dad. And so oh. I do have some other siblings uh, but as far as the polish connection you're right that that was it uh, my grandparents um tried to have more kids but uh, as you know in the book uh, it didn't work out mm -hmm. and so you have children yes i do i have two kids yes and are you teaching them languages well <laughs> not exactly not exactly um but i'm not teaching them languages but my daughter's studying french in college and my son is taking spanish in high school so Oh, nice. I'd love for them to learn Polish someday, but it's, 
That would be fun. How about, have you visited Poland? I have. So in 1992, I went with my grandfather to Poland for the first time. And that was just amazing. And my mother was with us and getting to see his home through his own eyes and showing me all the places he grew up and, and all the things that he did. And it was just really heartwarming. His eyes would just light up when he was speaking to me about a particular memory. And so that was one of my favorite memories of my life, probably. Oh, that's sweet. But your grandmother didn't go. She didn't, no. She refused to ever go back to Poland, yes. She um, she was just too worried because they left there illegally. I mean, she, she didn't and trust that he wouldn't be put back in jail when he went back. And so she was she always- she was traumatized. Just, yes. She saw And that's the one. reason they immigrated to the United States from Sweden, because Sweden wasn't far enough away from the people trying to get her husband. So she just needed that distance. Wow. Just a fascinating story. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing this story. And you have some exciting news about this book. You want to tell us? Thank you, Rebecca. I just was notified about an hour ago that the, bu the book received first place in the 2019 Royal Dragonfly Awards in two categories, actually. First place, first place in uh, historical nonfiction and first place in biography, memoir, autobiography. So I'm really nice. excited. You're the first uh, person I've told. <laughs> oh, that is so exciting. I, I'm so happy to hear that. I think it totally deserves an award. I Once I started reading it, I had to finish. I was like, I can't stop reading. <laughs> I, I have to. And then I wanted there to be more to the story. I wanted to hear more about their lives. Right. And I... Um, I love that you included the pictures and I actually went to the website and I watched some of the videos of your grandfather telling his story. It was so sweet. I just, I just fell in love with him. He just seems like such a wonderful person. Thank you so much. I hope that this story inspires others to record their family's story because every family has a great story. And while we still have our older relatives alive, it's so important to get those stories down. Yes, I agree so much. So start researching your genealogy and making those family trees and family charts and find out what your family stories are. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.